For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and on today's podcast, we continue our series previewing the Falcons' various position groups going into the 2021 season. Today, we're looking at the corners. This is the last position on the defense. We've talked about all the other positions. And joining me for this podcast today is a writer at uh, Sports Talk ATL, Jake Gordon. Jake, thanks for joining me. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, this is an interesting position group. It's uh, one that's got some talent. It's one that's got some big question marks. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what you think about uh, this group of players, uh, at least as it stands right now, because I do want to put the caveat out there. Uh, you know, the Falcons have not reached their 53-man roster yet. This is the preseason. They could always sign for or trade for somebody, but we're going to talk about the guys that are there right now. And I want to start at the top. Um, because I think there's a lot of hope, a lot of promise out of this first player. He came into the league last year as a rookie, the Falcons' first-round pick. Um, in a year where none of the rookies had a proper rookie training camp, they didn't have a regular training camp. Most of it was virtual. Uh, they didn't even have a preseason uh, with which to sort of get their, uh, their legs underneath them. This guy was essentially thrown to the fire with many of the rookies, and he had a solid rookie season with all of that thrown in. I am talking about AJ Terrell. Uh, and it sounds like the early reports from camp, and I know you've seen them as well as I have, Jake, the early reports from camp is Terrell is impressing on a consistent basis. It sounds like he's made the leap from year one to year two, which is uh, hugely important because of the absolute lack of depth in the secondary right now. Uh, but what do you make of AJ Terrell? Are you hopeful that he is going to be a guy that in year two we can count on as a true CB one for this defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's the best, the second best corner coming out of that class right now. I still think maybe Legarius Sneed has a bit of an edge on him, um, but he has all the makeup to be a number one corner. At the practice that I went to, um, he went up against Kyle Pitts and um, you know challenged him, got the pass breakup. He looked <laughs> really good. Yeah, and you know it's it's training camp. I get that, but you know we've heard so much about how Kyle Pitts is a walking mismatch. And if A.J. Terrell's stepping up to that challenge, that's really exciting. And I think in year two, uh, and with this Dean Pease defense, we're not going to see him being left on an island as much. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay game at the end of the year, the Kansas City game at the end of the year, you know, he was he was getting ran up and down the field. But that's what happens when you don't have a lot of help in your rookie corner. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is, you know, last year, I think a lot of people when he was drafted, they were going back and referencing one game. 
just one game to say this guy is not going to make it in the NFL. Of course, we're talking about the championship game. Um, but his college career was really solid. Like this guy's a good player. Um, I, and I, I may be wrong. I think he was even sick in that championship game, in which he uh, did not perform well. So there was actually a legitimate reason for it. Um, but yeah, last year, I, you know, I feel like he started off uh, relatively well, uh, got really good sort of in the middle of the season. I think he did start to hit the rookie wall in the last few games. Um, but it, it's been a while since we've had a young corner. I would say the last time we had a young corner that came in in year one and really sort of emerged to be a, a, a true starter at the position was Desmond Trufant, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is going back a little ways. And Terrell at this point, if in year two he can be what Desmond Trufant was in year two, I don't want to give Thomas Dimitrov a ton of credit because <laughs> he's gone, but uh, leaving behind a player like AJ Terrell um, as his last uh, first round pick, his legacy pick for the Falcons is a, is a hell of a way to go out as a general manager. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you bring up the national championship because if you want to turn the clock back 365 days before that, he picks off to a tug of Iloa. Um, hmm. And sparks and sparks Clemson on the way to a route of uh, of Alabama in a national championship game. A really good Alabama team. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I thought the Terrell pick at the time. I didn't like it at first. It was my first reaction. Um, but hey, you know, I'm happy to be wrong about that type of stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't remember exactly who I wanted out of that class. It's been a while now. I think I was all in on trading up for maybe like Derek Brown or somebody like that. Uh, uh, yes. Maybe even C.J. Henderson, who's in trade rumors. But I'm definitely happy with Terrell. I think he was a great pick. Um, you know, Dimitrov, you know, he, he, he had some first round hits <laughs> and that tended to not be the problem. Uh, but I like that right. 20 class as a whole, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. And I don't want to get, uh, diverge too much into that class, but, uh, certainly at the top with AJ Terrell, but that, that entire class seems to have some, some decent depth to it. And we're getting some starters out of it now, uh, at minimum. So, uh, and the, the crazy thing, Terrell is still 22. Now he turns 23 in mid-September, um, but a, a player that can be a building block for this defense uh, as the Falcons retool it this year uh, for the next seven, 10 years. Um, so that, that's really encouraging to see him take those leaps. And uh, on the Falcoholic Live, we had Scott Bear, who writes now for AtlantaFalcons.com. He's their digital managing editor. He came on and uh, he noted that you know Terrell is one of the few guys, Kyle Pitts on the offensive side, Terrell on the defensive side, who is consistently giving you those flash plays in camp. Um, And I know (laughs) we try not to get too hyped up about what's happening in camp because what happens in shorts and t-shirts is always different from what happens uh, in the game. But at minimum, it sounds like the development's there. Uh, All right. Opposite side of the field. I feel like this is a big question mark. (laughs) And right now, if you look at the Falcons depth chart and they released a new one today, uh, this is Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yes. Wednesday, the 17th. That's Tuesday. Uh, is it? It's two. Oh, it's Tuesday, Tuesday, the 17th time. <laughs> time is an abstract. Thank you, Jake. Uh, Tuesday, the 17th, the Falcons just released a new depth chart ahead of the preseason game against Miami this weekend. Um, the corner that they had last week and this week that is lined up across from AJ trail is Fabian Moreau. Um, I'll be honest, I did not know much about Moreau before we brought him in. Uh, I I have not tracked his career um, (laughs) extensively 
he's 27 years old. So he, he's a veteran. Uh, he's, uh, I don't want to say he, he's a quality player. I think for what we brought him in for, uh, he is another sort of stopgap. Um, you know, I don't think the Falcons are planning on keeping him around for five or six years, but again, he's, you know, he's still in his prime and it, he's a guy that can at least in, in theory, fill that position. Now, my understanding with him coming into camp was this guy was a little bit better uh, at the line of scrimmage. So in those slot, uh, in that slot corner role, what do you make of Moreau and the fact that right now he is looking like he's going to be potentially our starter on the outside uh, going into the season? I uh, see. I'm a Fabian Moreau fan because I'm a big fan of Pac-12 after dark. I love my ah. 10 football. <laughs> you know, he's a UCLA guy. Uh, I assume this had a lot to do with the Kyle Smith connection. Kyle Smith coming from Washington to Atlanta to work for Terry Fontenot. Um, but, I, I, you know, Moreau's a guy that really just didn't play a lot in Washington. But when he did play, he looked pretty good. Um, you know, he had some big games. I think it was week one or two of last year. You'll have to forgive me. But, um, you know, he had uh, an interception, uh, a couple passes defended, and then, you know, some guys got healthy. He went back to the bench. And I don't think he ever eclipsed like 53% of the snaps in a game or something like that um, past that point or something. So, you know, he's not a guy that we've seen a lot of, uh, but I like the signing. I thought it was good. Um, obviously, uh, it, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows I was pounding my fists on the uh, hypothetical <laughs> table for Desmond King every day. Um, but I thought the Falcons were going to get a little more aggressive with corner and free agency, you know, not, you know, may, not go sign you know, uh, the, the biggest name out there, but at least maybe two guys, maybe bring back Dark West Denard. Uh, but, you know, I saw Moreau and I was like, uh, what, you know, really what? And then I kind of looked and I was like, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Uh, and, and like a lot of the players on this defense, if he can fill a role, if he can play a part, I think he'll be just fine. I thought it was a decent pickup, especially for the price. Yeah, one year, uh, $1.1 million basically, uh, which, again, is, is basically what you would pay a vet uh, in, for this kind of contract. And to be fair, you know, they could, uh, oh gosh, who's the corner the Falcons kept giving one year contracts to over the past five years. Bleedy Ray. Uh, yes. He could be the new bleedy Ray where they, they keep bringing him back on a one year deal. Um, and you know, like I said, Moreau's 27. Uh, I thought it was a sensible signing, but I also thought that he was probably going to be in more of a rotational role, um, and not necessarily taking all the snaps. And again, it, it remains to be seen. And this could simply be because, if we look at the depth, and we're going to talk about these guys in just a second, if we look at the depth behind him, he may actually be the best option when you're talking about guys like Isaiah Oliver, Kendall Sheffield, and then some of the rookies who have come into camp. Uh, this may simply be a situation where of all the guys on this uh, in this cornerback room, he may be the best one to line up uh, outside of uh, the other side of T, uh, AJ Terrell. So, yeah, I, I think – uh, hopefully this is another position. Like if we're looking forward uh, into the Falcons uh, draft classes, you know, they drafted two guys this year at corner. They're obviously hoping those guys can develop over time. Uh, but I, I think you could argue that uh, a day two pick next year for a corner uh, would make some sense uh, to try to bolster the depth of this position, especially with guys like Sheffield and Oliver, not necessarily working out the way we had hoped um, and, and we'll talk about them in just a second. Um, one guy who's sort of popping in camp as well. And again, uh, we need to see how the games play out. I will say uh, he got some kudos from the coaching staff for how we played in the first preseason game. Chris Williamson. Um, this guy has essentially come out of nowhere 
uh, and has really garnered the attention of uh, the coaching staff uh, and many of the people who are covering the practices. He is another player who is standing out on a repeated basis. Uh, 24 years old. Uh, he is from Atlanta, so you know, sort of a, a local local kid making good. What do you make of Williamson and his rise? Uh, right now, he is uh, in the second team. If you look at the depth chart, so the, the team apparently likes what they've seen uh, from him. He was a seventh round pick last year. Uh, so, what do you think of uh, Chris Williamson? Yeah, and you know, he got picked up by the Giants, so I wasn't too familiar with him. Um, but I looked up his scouting report and he has all of the makeup of a guy who I think is going to stick just because he can be a good special teams player. Mm. Um, really, um, there was a lot of, uh, complaints, uh, on his draft profile. I think it was from the draft network. They said, you know, uh, he had some issues with his tackling form. Okay. Well, you can fix that. Uh, apparently he is very aggressive. He's very, uh, feisty is the word they, I like to use that word too. That's the word (laughs) they use. Uh, but he's, he has solid coverage skills, really good athlete. And, you know, he he looked good in that game. He got beat on a touchdown, but I think it was just a perfect throw. I think it, it was Logan Woodside at that point. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was just a perfect ball. But he was there. You know, he was in his pocket. Um, and so, you know, I don't think he's necessarily the worst option you could go with. I don't know if he'll be on the second team um, with some of the guys we're going to talk about in a minute. But I think he's solid depth. And like I said, on special teams, I think he could be a warrior and somebody that stands out in that area. Yeah. And, you know, again, for the value, the fact that they got him essentially through free agency, um, this is not uh, a player that they were banking on. You know, in many ways, he they probably had him penciled in really as uh, a guy that was going to be a camp body uh, and maybe could sneak onto the roster on the back end. Uh, but he's made an impression and, and you noted it. And it's a great point for guys like this. Uh, if he can contribute on special teams, that is going to make all the difference on whether he is on the practice squad or on the 53-man roster. Um, and he's a player I'm watching over these next two preseason games to see if he can keep it up and bolster his position uh, within the team. All right. Uh, one player I want to note that uh, he is not practiced at all in uh, training camp. He is out with an injury. We have not hear, heard any meaningful updates on a return timeline for him. And that's Kendall Sheffield. And I want to say his first year, I, I actually I liked what I saw from him. I thought his athleticism uh, stood out. I felt like there were some uh, technique issues that probably could have been worked on. But there were some raw tools there that made me think that he could be developed into a decent rotational guy. Uh, maybe with a ceiling of being a, a, a starter uh, in a pinch. I feel like, and I want to get your take on this, I feel like he has fallen off from that in the past few years. And, you know, obviously it's not helping him that he's not in camp to practice. Uh, and he is a player that when I was uh, interviewed not too long ago, I felt like might be on the bubble for not even being able to make this team. Now, obviously the injury situation uh, will complicate things. But what's your take on Kendall Sheffield and how he fits into the future of this position group? That is exactly the first thing I had written down. 100% on the roster bubble took a step back in 2020. Mm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't help that, you know, he he's a bit of a small – well, I'm, you know, smaller guy in terms of the NFL, I guess. Right. You know, he's still an <laughs> exceptional athlete. But if you're going to play that slot role, you better be able to, you know, at least stick in man coverage and you better be able to tackle. And I don't think he does – either of those things particularly well. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, the whole, going back to the whole special teams thing, if you're not a great tackler, that might not be a great role for you either. So I think he's 100% on the roster bubble. And if he got cut, um, it may come as a surprise to some. Um, not to me. I still I agree with you, though. I still think there's some potential there. I don't think he's like a bad player by any means. Um, and I wanted to see what this new coaching staff could do with him. But like you said, we haven't gotten to see that yet. Yeah, and that actually may end up saving him. Um, you know, if he is, if his injury keeps him out for too long, uh, he may be someone that they end up reverting to IR uh, when, once the season gets here. So it remains to be seen. Obviously, again, this is something where uh, we we just have no idea where he's at in his development. We do know from 19 to 20, uh, 2019 to 2020, that he took a step back. And to me, it was a significant one. Hopefully we can see a reversal of that. And to be fair, I just want to say, Half the defense was god awful in the first five games of the year yeah. in 2020. So it, that is not just Sheffield. Even guys like you know who are making bank on this team, Deion Jones was not playing well. Uh, you know that there is a quite a few players that are on that list, uh, and Sheffield is not alone in that. But uh, he was someone that I think right now, uh, with the way this position group is fleshing out, I don't think there's a spot necessarily guaranteed to him. The injury may may give him a second chance uh, if things play out that way. Um, all right, there's a few more guys I want to talk about, uh, including arguably the most hated corner on our roster. Uh, and I've got some thoughts about that. And may, I may get some people triggered when we talk about them. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Jake Gordon at Sports ATL. And we're talking about the Falcons' cornerback position. That's corners than the defensive side. We've already talked about the quarterbacks. Uh, I had to clarify that with Jake before we got on the podcast. I'm like, uh, I, th- I think you and I would actually prefer to talk about uh, the QBs. Uh, you don't want to hear me talk about how tall Felipe Franks is? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Six foot seven. That's just, it's, that's just weird. Um, all right. So in the first half, we did talk about AJ Terrell, Fabian Rowe, Chris Williamson, Kendall Sheffield. Uh, all right. Let's just get into this guy because uh, – I feel like there is a perception issue with him that uh, is part of it is fair, but at the same time, I think there's also, as with many positions in the NFL, and this has been my experience, there are positions where uh, if you do your job well, you don't get noticed. And uh, if you do your job poorly, it's, it, you're like an air traffic controller. Something goes terribly wrong and it's, you know, 
the same thing with Jake Matthews. It's he can, you know, hold down the left side uh, for 95% of the game. And he gives up that one sack and you hear the fans all saying he's the worst left tackle in the NFL. Mike, no, he's demonstrably not. And I am not saying by any stretch that Isaiah Oliver is a good corner. That said, I don't think that he is the moving pile of human trash that some of our fans make him out to be. <laughs> what do you think about Isaiah Oliver and what kind of role do you think he can have on this defense? Or am I, be, feel free, if I'm off base and you think he is human trash, please feel free to put that out there as well. No, I'm going to be boring. I got to agree with you there. And I think Isaiah Oliver is a bit of a victim of hype. Uh, when he was drafted, he, everybody around, mm. what a steal. Uh, this guy's awesome. You know, what a steal for the Falcons. They got a starter at corner in the second round. And that's not his fault. Right. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're exactly right when you talk about, you know, when something goes poorly, everybody notices. Uh, you have to take into account there are other plays when he's not targeted that he might just be you know, absolute blanket lockdown coverage. That's not always the case, but, uh, you know, he, I don't think he's a fit on the boundary. I don't think he ever was a fit on the boundary. I don't think he ever will be a fit on the boundary. Mm-hmm. However, we've seen Dean Pease use Logan Ryan uh, as that kind of, you know, slot corner safety hybrid, you know, kind of move him around like a chess piece. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Isaiah Oliver is as talented as Logan Ryan, but I do think that you can put him in that role and, you know, attempt to have him play the part. And that's just, you know, we, like we've said, that's going to be the whole thing with this Dean Pease defense. Everybody just has to play a part. And I think Oliver can do it well enough. He's still a very big corner. He would be a huge nickel corner. Uh, and, you know, going back <laughs> to the whole Desmond King, yeah, going back to the whole Desmond King thing, uh, that's probably another reason why they didn't want to bring him in. They wanted to get a look at Isaiah Oliver because that he would probably be doing the same thing. Uh, but I, I just don't, think that he deserves all of the you know all of the lightning and all the hate that he gets the secondary as a whole as you said they've not been a fantastic group overall and he's just a part of that and I think a lot of it was expectation um but you know he could have a big year this year I think he I think he will be competent this year that's my bold prediction (laughs) (laughs) I think he will be I think he will be fine I'm gonna give him that stamp that is um and to be blunt, there were years as a Falcons fan where I would have gladly taken fine <laughs> in, in the secondary. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, on the boundaries, he absolutely was a terrible fit. And he, he did play much better, I think, when they moved him to the slot. Now, much better from a terrible corner to, like, mediocre to average at best. But, um, you know, if I look at his PFF grades, he still overall doesn't rank particularly well. But he is actually good in run defense and tackling. I mean, <laughs> not what you want from a corner, um, but I, I think that does speak to him being better closer to the line of scrimmage as opposed to you know being out 15, 20 yards away from it. So uh, I'm hopeful that Dean Pease will find the right role for him in this defense, as you mentioned. I think that's the key here. Uh, and if he can carve out a role where he's getting, you know, half the snaps uh, and, uh, you know, playing at a little bit better level than what he did last year, I, I think that's suitable uh, for a guy who is not at this point considered to be a starter in, in my mind going forward. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you look at, you know, a lot of college teams, they'll have a, they'll have a position. They all call it different things. Jack star joker, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. I feel like that's kind of that, you know, Richie Grant, uh, even Deron Harmon, 
you know, that type of ro uh, rover, that's a good one. That's, I think that's actually what I used on the last, the last time we talked about this, but you know, that rover, you know, you move him all around the place cause you can do a couple different things. Right. Um, maybe not one thing exceptionally well, uh, but you can use them in a lot of different ways. And I think Dean Pease will have some type of role in that aspect, probably not a set position, but I think he'll have some type of role in that aspect where he'll just be moved around a lot and there'll be a couple guys that swap in and out. Uh, and that's not the worst thing in the world. No. And I, I think your point about his draft position and the hype is so poignant. It, it's, it, I think that's a big part of it. The fact that he was taken in the second round. Um, and I remember even at, at, at the time at the Falcoholic, we were hearing murmurs that he could have been potentially the Falcons first round pick. Mm -hmm. um, in 2018. Of course, it didn't turn out that way. And when they got him in the second round, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, man, like you noted, that he's a steal. This guy's going to be a starter. And a lot of people were really big on his upside. And I think this is where the hype has carried over into his career, and it's not fair to the player. Had they drafted someone like him in the fifth round, I feel like you'd be looking at his career and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting decent value for him. Instead, I think it's that the hype in the draft position. Such a great point. Um, all right. Two of the rookies, the Falcons drafted two this year. Um, and this is, I think, really interesting. Uh, one, they clearly drafted for special teams. And the other one, we're starting to hear that he's showing up more and more in camp. And I want to talk about him first. Um, and that is Darren Hall uh, out of San Diego State University. He is someone that uh, some of our scouts uh, at the Falcoholic, Eric Robinson, wrote a piece on him. Um, they really like what they see out of him. I think uh, if I remember right, he's, uh, he's got a ton of experience uh, playing in college. Um, he is someone that uh, fights through the receiver's hands. So he's really good at, at you know, getting that ball out. And he is a ball hawk. He's got that tag sort of as part of his career. What do you make of Darren Hall? And do you think that he's someone that could have, you know, grow into a role Obviously, right now, I think everyone's hoping, you know, more for a rotational guy, uh, you know, in in dime sets, pop, possibly. Uh, what do you see from Hall that you like or or don't like? And do you think he's someone that uh, could grow into a bigger role as time moves on? Yeah. And, you know, to serve your point, talking about, you know, how he gets in there and uh, uses his hands. Uh, he tied for the FBS lead in pass breakups. He had 16. Uh, he snagged three interceptions, uh, first team all Mountain West. Uh, and of course, the secondary coach is Kyle Hoke, who is the son of Atlanta secondary coach, John Hoke. So you got a little <laughs> familiarity there. But when Darren Hall was drafted, that was the first thing. The first thing that I said, I said, do you like DeMonte Casey? Great. We got you the second coming of DeMonte Casey down to the same school. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the corner safety type, uh, really good athlete, ball hawk. You know, I think he could grow into a similar type of role as DeMonte Casey. And um, he tested really well athletically, and he's another one of those guys. You know, we talked about the safety nickel flexibility. I think that's where he'll see time initially, uh, maybe on the boundary at some point. Um, but I think Darren Hall, I think he was a solid pickup. He was a name that I really didn't expect, wasn't on my radar. But as soon as I looked, I was like, oh, well, they they just got DeMonte Casey again, except he's on a rookie deal. So <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever lead the, uh, lead the NFL in interceptions. That's yet to be seen. Yeah, you know, I mean, fourth-round pick, again, I, I feel like, that's going to give him a little bit more flexibility to grow into a role as opposed to, uh, you know, Isaiah Oliver, who we just talked about. And he is just 21 years old. So, uh, again, a player that, you know, we've got for four years on cheap money. Let's see what he can grow into. I think uh, Michael Rothstein with ESPN noted 
that he's a guy who's shown up in uh, training camp the past uh, several days and appears to be getting better as camp goes on. And that's what, that's what you want to hear from these young guys. Not that they're, you know, you don't want to necessarily, well, you would love to hear that the fourth rounder is, is showing out and, and defending Calvin Ridley consistently, but that's not going to happen. If you hear that they're growing, that's what, that's really as much as you can ask for. So he's a guy I'm going to watch as well in the preseason. I want to see what he can do with more snaps. Um, these are the guys I think that, uh, you know, to the point you made earlier, they're really probably going to cut their teeth on special teams in year one, uh, unless something goes bad from an injury standpoint, God forbid. Uh, but maybe in year two and, and going forward, he can earn a bigger role. Um, all right. Last name on the list. And obviously I, I think he's only, we're only talking about him because on paper he's listed as a corner. Uh, and it's not fair. I mean, he, he he's going to play corner in the games in the preseason games. It's clear they drafted this guy for special teams and specifically for his return ability. This guy is bonkers from a return standpoint. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say he has got a ridiculous number of touchdowns from uh, a kick return and punt return standpoint in college. Uh, Jake, you may have those numbers. I'll, I'll rely on you, but I'll look them up if if, if neither of them have us have that. Uh, he's a smaller guy. He's five foot nine, um, but he is crazy, crazy good in the return game. And I'm talking about Avery Williams. I think the Falcons are really, really hoping he takes that punt return job. Obviously, this year, Cordero Patterson will be the guy for kick returns. But I think they have an eye on Williams growing into that role uh, over time to, to fulfilling both of those uh, responsibilities and hopefully developing into someone they can use uh, as a rotational guy in a corner. What do you make of Avery Williams? Uh, what do you think of his potential, not only as, as a return guy, but also you know, long-term as, as a guy who could you know, be part of the depth at the cornerback position? Yeah, I, I'm not going to count him out as a corner just yet. Uh, you know, the the Titans, uh, he did have a pass breakup. Uh, they tested mm-hmm. him twice uh, deep downfield, and um, you know, he was there. He was he was there in coverage. Uh, you know, granted, you you know, we take level of uh, competition into consideration, right? Uh, but I, I thought he held his own. You know, he didn't look bad. Um, and as far as the return game goes, you know, he had a 38 yard kick return, which if it wasn't for that, the Falcons probably would have got shut out. And, um, <laughs> you know, he, uh, you know, he definitely shows that, that quickness, that agility, and, you know, maybe you can coach that up into an NFL corner. Uh, cause he certainly has it. That's something you can't teach. Uh, you know, he shows it off in the return game, but I think you can mold him. I don't know what his ceiling would be. I'm not saying, you know, he's, you know, Jair Alexander, the second coming, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I think he can be a guy that can come in in a pinch. Maybe if you're in a dime set and, you know, you, you're really in a pinch, you know, uh, I think you can, I think you can make him work out there. I don't think he would be the biggest liability, uh, but he's another guy, you know, played at Boise state. Um, he, he's going to take a little time to develop, but that's fine. He doesn't have to play right now. Right. Uh, but it, as you said, you know, he's going to cut his teeth on special teams. He's going to, he's going to be gunning and, running and returning kicks and all this other stuff. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. And you know, as I mentioned, I think if he's contributing significant snaps as a rookie, as a corner, something has probably gone wrong uh, with our guys in the depth. Uh, so right now, I think we're, we're going to be content in year one, if he can take that punt returner position and make something of it. Uh, so again, another one of these young guys that I'm, particularly keen on seeing in training camp and seeing how he plays out because uh, uh, that punt return position has been painful for the past several years. So 
hopefully he can give us something there. And then over time, uh, as you mentioned, slowly develop into a guy that could contribute on some level. Uh, again, I, I, anyone who's expecting a starter uh, out of the sixth round uh, from a corner like this, it's, it's probably not in the cards. But then again, uh, you know, Falcons got a couple of six rounders a few years ago in uh, uh, Foya Lukun and Russell Gage that uh, I think were initially drafted for special teams and have turned into two really good starters from Falcons. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, he has nine, uh, nine career uh, kick return touchdowns. That's some sort of record at some place i don't know i'm not sure exactly where <laughs> that's impressive to me I'll just yeah leave. yeah and uh he he housed four last year and i think that might have led all of college football don't quote me on that i did i think it was eric that said something today about he had this many uh touchdowns and it was a something record i'll put him on the spot for that but um, absolutely yeah and uh you know like like i said the guy him and um him and chris chris roland are gonna battle it out for that uh that uh that punt returner spot and I think uh, I think if he has a big game, uh, you know, against the Dolphins, if he can keep showing that acumen on special teams, I think he's a lock for the roster. I mean, he's a draft pick, so he probably is anyways. But yeah, no, I agree. And I think uh, we mentioned it before. You know, Chris, if it comes down to him and Chris Rowland, uh, and the two guys are essentially performing the same, I think Williams will get the nod, um, simply because of you know the preference towards your own draft picks. So. All right, that is the the corners we currently have on the roster. Um, last question for you, Jake. How are you feeling about this position group? Obviously, I think we went into this uh, preseason knowing that corner was a position with a lot of question marks outside of AJ Terrell. Uh, there was no you know firm starters uh, that we could count on that we knew would be experienced or even just decent. Uh, how do you feel now that they've got Fabian Moreau and that they've got some of these guys behind them? Do you, do you feel better about this group? Do you still feel like it could be a weakness? Uh, what's your outlook for 2021? Yeah, uh, you know, as a Falcons fan, I like to call myself an, an optimist. Uh, anybody <laughs> else from the outside looking in would probably call me an idiot. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think this group's going to be that rough. I, I don't think they're going to, you know, rank uh, top three and you know passing yards allowed and. Uh, you know, interceptions, but I, I think they can hold their own. I think the Falcons are going to field a middle of the pack defense. And I think the secondary will reflect that. Um, and that's, you know, when you have this type of offense, if they can truly click at a high level, like we've seen them do before, I think that defense is good enough to win you a lot of games. Uh, you know, I've seen what Dean Pease has been doing. And like I said, you know, it's preseason, don't get too excited, but there's a lot of creativity in that defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that can help when you don't have a lot of, you know, big time personnel on the roster. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, the w- one thing that sticks with me from that first preseason game is the fact that on multiple third downs, Dean Pease was sending the house. And mm-hmm. it's something that I uh, that frustrated me more than uh, anything that Dan Quinn did, uh, where on third downs, even on third and long, you know, the, his overarching tendency was to rush three or four and hope to God that the quarterback uh, just would make a bad throw, but he was constantly putting the secondary in a position to fail where that quarterback was getting five, six seconds to scan the field. And that is a big ask for any corner, even a top tier corner. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to your point, I think Dean Pease is going to set the secondary up uh, much better this year. I think he's going to find different ways to apply pressure, especially on third downs and not ask as much from these guys from a coverage standpoint. Um I'm with you. I think they can be middle of the pack. And to be clear, last year, uh, even though we're sort of used to it, uh, instinctively saying the Falcons defense sucks, they were actually middle of the pack 
um, at the end of the season. Um, they started rough, but uh, you know, a lot of credit to Raheem Morris and Jeff Ulbrich. That unit actually finished, uh, I think, outside the top uh, 22. I think they were, you know, really right there in the, the, that middle grade. So um, no reason to think that with a better defense coordinator, they can't achieve the same thing. Uh, and with AJ Terrell potentially taking that leap to a true corner, uh, a true starting cornerback number one for this team, I think that's going to make a big difference. Um, so I'm with you. I, I, I will gladly take on uh, the the cries of being called an idiot. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm used to it, to be blunt. Uh, but yes, I, I feel like this can be a, a serviceable unit and maybe even more uh, in 2021. So Yeah, and you know, one thing too is you talk about Raheem Morris and the improvements. We saw a lot of these exotic looks that Dean Pease is giving under Raheem Morris. Yes, we did. But personnel's not that different. We're seeing safety, you know, safety blitzes in the A-gap. We're seeing linebackers blitzing. You're not rushing three on third and seven and giving, you know, Tom Brady eight seconds to throw. Right. Uh, you know, it's 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 not saying, oh, well, I hope everything just goes right. You're coming with a scheme. There's a game plan. And if it doesn't work out, I'm willing to die by that more than I'm willing to die by. Well, let's just hope everything goes right on this play. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I would much rather take the boomer bust uh, defense, you know, send the house. And if they beat us, they beat us as opposed to let's sit back and, and hope we can cover the pass that, that may come in. So a hundred percent. All right, Jake, uh, loved having you on the podcast. Uh, great guest. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Oh yeah. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at can't guard Jake. I had it before Michael Thomas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'm also over at Sports Talk ATL. I'm, I'm ramping up my, my Falcons riding. I'm getting out of a, out of Hawks and Braves mode a little bit and ramping back up into the Falcons. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll be over there talking a little bit of Falcons. And, of course, usually I live tweet the games. Uh, my reactions are usually very knee-jerk and very uh, emotional. So you should get a kick out of that if you do follow me on Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, strong endorse for me, guys. Uh, I love interacting with Jake on Twitter. He's He's got a good sense of humor. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Jake Gordon, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk to you next time.